Uh, you can turn to uh, Philippians chapter 4. This is where we're going to be today, Philippians chapter 4. You'll notice uh, in your worship uh, folder, the bulletin, there's uh, just a brief outline of the message that uh, you may want to take and uh, follow along, fill in some blanks. Maybe God will uh, specifically speak something to you. I pray today that uh, all of us will be transformed, that it won't just be an exercise in sitting and listening, but uh, as James says, that we would not only hear the word today, but uh, we would go out and apply it. So you'll notice the uh, title is uh, Thriving, and uh, that's been our sermon series all the way through. It's uh, been this idea, instead of just surviving uh, your Christian experience, your Christ fellowship, that we would encourage you through Philippians to thrive. And uh, my, my question is, is there a secret to this thriving? We've, we've now talked for, uh, I don't know, Joel, we've been at this eight, ten weeks, something like that, I don't know, uh, a while. And uh, is there a secret to this thing? I mean, is there uh, the, the secret church greeting? Is there a secret handshake? Is there a, you know, do you have to do a Michael Jackson moonwalk? And, you know, I mean, is, is there something that, that goes on that you have to kind of, you know, back into this? So we're, we're going we're gonna to come across just these uh, few verses today in Philippians chapter 4 and uh, hopefully answer that question. Um, I, I, was, uh, I was pondering, again, this... Uh, this message and and just was thinking about the things that we have to learn in life and there's there's a lot of them and uh, uh, my wife found some uh, pictures and uh, put them on this uh, PowerPoint for us so uh, throw the first one y'all y'all know uh, Wilburn Orville um, they uh, they were the ones that kind of uh, at least uh, from an American viewpoint there's a whole European idea of who was the first one to fly but uh, Wilburn Orville uh, had to learn to fly. Uh, notice, uh, notice this second one here. Uh, all of us probably can relate to this, of uh, learning to ride a bike. Anybody remember the day that you, dad, mom, running behind you, letting you go? Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay, oh, so one. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate the, uh, the feedback there. Thank you, Rory. Thank you. Um, we, we had to learn that. I, I can remember running behind my kids and, uh, you know, moving from the training wheels to the taking them off and, and doing that. Uh, notice this next one. Some of us still are trying to struggle with this one, learning math. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, number one, uh, you know, we, we had to learn it. Number two, why? That, that's always a common question. Why, why did I have to learn this? Uh, maybe some of you all uh, recognize this next one here. Uh, you know, uh, learning, <laughs> learn, learning how to paint. Um, so uh, those those uh, those beautiful trees, those uh, those things that are there. So, um, and then you know, some of us again. Next one, uh, learning how to cook, uh, how to crack those eggs and how to make those omelets and you know, flop those pancakes and do those things. Uh, this is one again that many of us, uh, if you all are a parent and you're not there yet, uh, Lord help you when you get there, but uh, uh, your student driver learning to drive. Um, and the next one is uh, near and dear to, uh, to my wife's heart. Uh, this is learning to swim. 
And uh, my wife has uh, committed to uh, do a triathlon with me, and uh, she's in the process of uh, learning how to overcome a huge fear of water. Uh, and many of us have to do that. Some of us just kind of grew up in the water and didn't have that experience. But uh, the idea of learning, of, uh, learning things. Well, today, this idea of thriving in my life, there, there's a little passage, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, that we're going to look at that part of this idea of thriving is a learned event. It's something we have to learn how to apply in our life. So, again, if you've got your Bible, again, it's there in uh, your worship folder. It'll be up on the screen. If you could stand as we read uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 10 through 13. I'm reading today out of the New American uh, Standard. Paul says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last uh, you have received your concern for me indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked the opportunity. The idea is to give to Paul. They, they lack that opportunity. Not that I speak from want. Again, this is Paul. Remember, he's in jail, not knowing if today or tomorrow he's going to live or die. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret, my translation, of thriving, of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And then Paul concludes this little paragraph with, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Father, we commit uh, your word um, today. Father, we ask that you had to speak through your word. Uh, Father, I pray that you'd penetrate all of the things that are going on in people's lives today, that they'd be able to focus just the next few minutes on hearing from you. Father, I pray that you'd change our lives, invade our space today. Father, take over our thoughts and our hearts. Open our spiritual eyes that we can see. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Be seated. So again, just uh, I know this is very unbaptistic. Uh, maybe you didn't know this was a Baptist church, but uh, this is very unbaptistic. The sermon only has two points. There's no poem in it. Um, it's not alliterated, so it's really going to be kind of one of those oddities today. Um, but uh, two points we're just going to look at, first of all, this idea of contentment. Um, and it's an idea of regardless of the circumstances that are swirling around me, I need to learn this idea of contentment. Now, again, I, I don't think this is probably earth-shattering news to you. But the satisfaction, excuse me, the, yeah, the satisfaction of having material stuff does not need to be the determining factor of my joy in life. And Paul clearly lays out here that there are times that I had a bunch and there are times like now I got squat and I've learned over the years that there's a point in my life 
where I can be joyful even in the midst of troubling times or good times. Regardless of the outward circumstances, I believe we need to be content and satisfied in what thou gettest. That sometimes that, that we, we teach our kids, well, we, we may not say that. I, I, can, I, can remember, I can remember being told that at one point. Thou Son, you just need to, be, to enjoy what thou gettest. You know, and, and it's an idea of, of saying that you're not going to get everything, but you need to come to the realization that you've got something. And it may be meager, it may be prosperous, but I, I've got to come to an idea of recognizing God in the middle of my circumstances of life. The path that Paul traveled in life and here again in jail, coming down the final stretch of his life, not knowing the outcome of jail, not knowing the outcome of going before Caesar, living or dying, the path that Paul traveled brought him closer and closer and closer to God every day. And that's something that I think we in, in the Western world forget that it truly is all about God and it's not about me or my stuff it's about my relationship with God and again at, at times I lose sight of that and, and I'm probably sure you do too we, we don't we don't deserve the hardship maybe that we get. We don't deserve the illnesses that we get. We don't deserve the, we don't deserve, we don't. But, but I, I've, I've learned, Paul says, I've learned to be content. Now notice in your little fill in the blanks there. Contentment is learned through experiences of life. By me getting up and going through life day after day, year after year, Decade after decade, I haven't hit millennia yet, but decade after decade, I, I, can, I can look back on my life and recognize that I'm learning this idea that regardless of the circumstances around me, I can be content with where I am. I don't have to have more. I've, I've preached here years ago and I I've asked the question folks when is enough enough and most of us have enough and I, most of us have enough now there, there's some that are struggling but but most in this room are probably in Paul's statement of saying, I, I've learned to be content when I have a lot. And, and I would say most of us in this room at this point in our life are, are in that a lot category. And are you satisfied with what you have? Or is there always a new gadget or gadget or 
tech thing or automobile or carbon fiber zip wheel bike. <laughs> I mean, with the gears on the little handles up front. Gee, give me one. I, I, I've learned to be content. And my mind might wander over there at time and go, wow. But over years, I've learned this idea of saying, through experiences of life, contentment is coming more easily to me. And again, I, I, you go back then to the very first verse that he says here in verse 10. When you are content with what you have, it opens up the opportunity to give more of it to those in need. And that's the key, I think, to this idea of, of understanding that we are a community together. And all of us aren't on the spectrum of having this plethora right now that some in this room, some in our body, some in our church are on the side of, of having little at this point and, and struggling and, and seeking and, and looking. And if you're never content with what you have, then it's going to be hard to let go of that and let God use it for somebody else. Paul says, I, I appreciate the fact now that, that you've renewed your concern for me. You, you, you've lacked the opportunity, but now you have it in this idea of recognizing that I do have a need. Now he says, I don't speak like I have a need, though, because I'm content. In jail, I'm content. Being chained probably 24-7, I'm content. These experiences of life have made me recognize this. The second, fill in the blank, contentment is learned by walking with Christ, who is the sufficient one and by developing a biblical view of material things. The more I can walk with Christ, the more I can recognize the idea of what it means to be content. God loves me and God will provide for me plenty or few the more I can walk with Christ the more I can recognize that life doesn't revolve around material stuff the third fill in the blank here contentment is coming to grips with your situation, good or bad, struggling or affluent at this point, coming to grips with your situation and living well in and through those situations because of your own relationship with Christ. And I know this, this keeps coming up, but that's where Paul is at, though. He's saying in this, in this event of life of where I'm at, the more that I've learned to walk with Christ, the more that I've learned to depend on Christ, the more that I've learned to have a relationship, a vibrant, growing relationship with Christ, the more my eyes have been taken off of the material side of things, the stuff sides of life, and it's been focused on the Christ side of life. Three weeks ago, I don't know if you all remember, I put the slide up there 
um, with the circle, and in the middle of the circle was Christ, and everything is filtered through this idea of Christ, even the material stuff. If we can get our eyes focused on Christ, not the stuff, we're going to have a lot better opportunity to learn contentment in my life and recognize what that means in my life. I, uh, I really, again, I, I just find it interesting that many of us in the Western world that can put our hands on thousands of dollars right now, again, whether it's in your home equity, whether it's in your 401k, whether it's in a life insurance policy, whether you're you know, whether you're invested, if you're at your work, I, I don't know, but, but we can put our hands, and it may not be hundreds, but we, we can put our hands on thousands of dollars right now and not be content with what God has given us. When the rest of the world, um, a, a group is going to go to Ethiopia in a couple months um, and, and see a life that we can't imagine people live on. I, I, I had the opportunity years ago, right after, the, um, right after Russia fell, right after Romania fell with Ceausescu, and uh, the, the average widower in Romania in the late 80s earned $5 a month. A month. That's what they live on. Five dollars a month. We'll drop that in a fruity drink on the way to church and not think anything of it and wonder why we're not content. So my final question here of this idea of contentment regardless of circumstance, is material stuff a determining factor for your happiness? is material stuff. I can only be happy if I have that. Howard Hughes, again, probably at the time one of the richest men in the world was asked once, so what's it going to take to make you happy? He said just one more dollar. Probably a billionaire at that time. But he just needed one more dollar to be happy. I want, I would, you know, I'm not trying to be a downer, but I'm just really trying to get us to, to, to biblically think through the idea of what value we put on our stuff that we have. And is it stuff that determines your happiness? And I, I would, I would certainly pray not. Now, Again, back to this idea of being contented and learning. Let me just give you one little example. Um, contentment is not a natural um, characteristic for any of us. It, it, and all I have to do is look around the room and find a parent that has anywhere between a 2-year-old and 4-year-old or a 12-year-old or 15-year-old. It is not a natural characteristic for a toddler to, to be content with what he has. 
He wants more and he doesn't want anybody else to have his. And he'll tell you that. She'll tell you that. And again, most teenagers, not all, but most teenagers would fall in that same category. Somewhere between 12 and 15, the world's out to get me. I don't have enough. Everybody else has more. Why do they get theirs? And mom, you and dad don't go out and buy me mine. They have a better, but I don't. They have a more, but I don't. And it's through life and through living that we can recognize that contentment is only a learned activity. And I believe it becomes more clearly apparent to us in our relationship with Jesus Christ in what he has provided for us. Hung on a cross, for him it wasn't contentment. For him it was grace. For him it was love. For him it was mercy and giving and sacrifice and can you imagine us being asked to sacrifice our stuff it's my stuff you hit my stuff you took my stuff it's my stuff And I think Kyle said it here, when we come to a recognition of understanding that we are merely stewards of what God has given us, it's really God's stuff. And when I can look for opportunities to share what God has given with me to other people, it truly is a mark of maturity in my life. Let me move on to the second idea, and maybe one of the more misinterpreted passages of scripture in verse 13 I can do all things through him who strengthens me now um, again just a little hermeneutical interpretive principle here you've got to take scripture and recognize it's within a context when it's given so this idea of I can do all things is within this context of Paul saying that I've learned this idea of contentment, whether having great or little, whether being affluent or not, whether having good days or bad days. And in the middle of that, he concludes the idea that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My life is not built on the fact that I'm having a bad day and therefore woe is me. Because the Bible says that whether it's good or bad, Paul has recognized that I can do all things in my good or bad days. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, here's the context buster of this. This doesn't mean that I can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so I'm going to go and run as fast as I can and jump across the royal gorge. Stupid. Yeah, but that's what God said here. I can do all things through Christ. You've got to take it, again, within the context of what God is laying out in his scripture. And this is clearly talking about the way that we approach life, whether good or bad. Christ can strengthen me to recognize I can move through that circumstance with his strength and know that I can get through this. Regardless of the affluency or the lack of it, today is one that I can mark 
as a God day regardless of the stuff or circumstances that are going on around me. Paul's strength was not a result of some inner fortitude that he had, some, you know, some gutting it out and just making it through and summoning up enough, enough strength and, and geez, to get through it. That, that's not where Paul got his strength. Many of us, again, I, I came from a, uh, from a family. Um, if my dad did anything for me, uh, and this is going to be a kind term, he beat in me, and he didn't, but he beat in me the idea of a work ethic. I mean, that, that, was, that was my dad. And he figured if you worked hard enough, and if you worked long enough, you could, you could solve anything. And, and I've got that attitude. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pursuing through things in my life. Because I, I know that that's just that's my that's my wiring that's my makeup I, I can I can move through it, but Paul's saying there's something totally different from that to what he's recognizing in the good and the bad to rely on Jesus Christ and His life to get him through. God supplies the needs of His people by giving them the resources to cope with any hardship in their life. How does He do that? By you walking with him. How do I do that? By you spending time with him. How do I do that? By you sitting down and reading his holy word and getting strength and guidance and direction from him. But what if I don't understand it? Well, then you pick a life group on Tuesday night. And you go and you get some help on what it means to walk with Christ through life. Yeah, but what if my Tuesday nights are full? Then good, go to one on Wednesday night or Monday night. But folks, if I say that I can do all of this through my own strength, through my own gutting it out, I've missed the idea that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And, and I, I'm sorry, but you're going to follow what you spend the most time pursuing. And if you spend the most time pursuing television, that's what you're going to follow. And if you spend the most time pursuing work, that's what you're going to follow. If you spend the most time pursuing rush, that's what you're going to follow. And if all I do is take out 30, 40, an hour of time on Sunday and think that I've got my world covered and God somehow is obligated to, to, to make my path straight because I gave him an hour on Sunday morning, you've missed the idea of what it means that I can do all things through him who strengthens me by walking daily with him. Folks, I, this idea of thriving, it's not a secret, but there are some steps that we have to follow. Again, three weeks ago I told you, Paul said... I, I haven't attained it, but I'm earnestly striving and eagerly pursuing. And, 
and, and straining toward what God has out there for me. And for Paul, that was this ultimate relationship with God. God was the ultimate prize that was out there. And that was what he was pursuing. His relationship with him. Notice, again, back in your notes, fill in the blank. One mark of maturity in Christ is that the Christ follower knows how to depend on the Lord in every situation of life. Not just in those in which they assume they need help. See, when I'm at the bottom, it's usually easier for me to recognize that I need help. No job, illness, kids off the deep end, finances in the tank. It's easy when I'm down there to say I need help and I need Christ to strengthen me. Flip it around. How about when you're up on the mountaintop, though? In the affluent side of life, when I can put my hands on thousands of dollars, am I still relying on a daily basis to pursue Christ with all of my heart? I think it's a mark of maturity for us as Christ followers to pursue Christ regardless of the situation that I'm in. So my last question here, are you able to face all circumstances by relying on Jesus? Folks, this is a uh, simple message, not easy. Contentment, what does it mean to you? Is it learned? Is it something that I've mastered in my life? Am I still learning it as time goes by? You bet I am. I, um, Chris and I have been in the, in the process of uh, doing some remodeling in our house again. And... Uh, to do this remodeling, we've had to borrow a bunch of toys from a lot of guys to do it. We've borrowed chop saws, we've borrowed table saws, we've borrowed Dremel tools, we've borrowed air compressors and nail guns. We've borrowed, you know, and, and I look around and I go, I, I probably need a chop saw. I, I need me a table saw. Oh, I got to get me a. I got to get me a nail gun. You know, I, I got. <laughs> and then I think, no, I can just mooch off of my friends for the rest of my life, <laughs> and I can use those resources to. I, I struggle with it. I, I still do. But the longer I'm with it, the more I recognize that, that my home on the corner of Omaha and Omaha, yes, it is. <laughs> I kid you not, that's the corner that we live on. That we've lived in coming on 16 years. It's just all I need and probably more than I need. 
And yeah, we got stuff that we'd love to have and more things and fill up the garage and can't park in it. And But you know, I don't think it's going to make any difference in the big scheme of things on a day-in, day-out basis of whether I can say, God loves me and I love God. And really, all the other stuff is just stuff. It really is. And and it takes a long time to kind of get to the point where you can say, I'm satisfied with what God has given me. And now, how can I look around and see where I can start giving some of this to other folks? We we do have an attitude of... uh, Sometimes of entitlement in the Western church. In the Western world. But I would encourage us to go back and review these few short little verses and see how I'm doing in relationship to them. As we conclude the message today, I, I know some of you all are not in a situation where you can just say that I, I can... I got it all handled. I got life by the horns and everything. There's some that are hurting in here today. And maybe for a lot of different reasons. Let me just, just speak to one of those reasons. How's your relationship with Christ? Is it just a Sunday morning thing that is your relationship? Is it just because you show up and you sit and you listen, you go home and you do your own thing for the other six. And come, Is it just a Sunday morning thing? Let me encourage you to dig into your relationship with Christ. If you're not spending any time with him, take and carve out a little. Take and carve out more. Take and... Am, I, am I spending more time on the internet and television than I am with my relationship with Christ. Where's my priorities? Where's my focus? Last week, Joel made the, uh, the offer that if you need a Bible, we'd love to give you one so you could start this process of spending time with him. there Even in the Bible, it's marked where we'd like you to start reading, where, where you can take and open it up and just maybe do a chapter a day and just read through it and see what God is going to do for your own life. In a moment, we're going to have a, a time where you can spend some, some time with God and Joel's going to be down here in the front. Maybe some of you all have never, ever, ever, ever trusted Christ with your life to follow him with everything that you have. Joel would love to talk to you and kind of point you in a direction. Let's be more than hearers of God's word today as we conclude our service. Father, I want to thank you again just for the opportunity I've had to share your word. Father, I pray that you'd uh, help all of us to learn this characteristic of contentment. 
to be satisfied with what I gettest. Father, I pray that you'd open up opportunities for me to share what you've given to me with others around me. Father, whether it's through the church, whether it's through other organizations or people. Father, I pray today that those that are hurting, Father, that they'd recognize that they can do all things through Christ if they would follow you with all of their heart. Father, I pray today if there's someone here that needs to, needs to start this idea of a relationship with you, that you'd give them the boldness to step out and just come and get a Bible. You point it in a direction. Father, I pray that you'd control the next few moments. Father, that you'd change our hearts. And Father, we ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Kyle.